Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I am your host, Al the Brewer, and I am so glad you are listening today. This podcast is for anyone that wants to learn more about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. Whether you're brand new to the scene or a vet of craft beer, I hope you find something to take away from this podcast. So, pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy. Cheers. Hello and welcome back to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I'm your host, Al the Brewer, and this is a podcast where I hope you come to enjoy learning about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. I am recording this with my, I think she is, Olive, how old are you right now, kid? I think she is uh, 10 days old, my daughter Madison. Um, Mom has taken a little bit of a break, so I'm like, yeah. Madison gets to record with me today. So, how are you doing? What you drinking? Hope things are going well. For today's episode, we are going to finish off talking about uh, what makes a beer good and what is a, what makes a good beer and what makes beer good. Let's get that right. And for today's episode, we're going to be talking to my buddy, Jay. And Jay, I love this guy. So much fun. Uh, he is a jack-of-all-trades Jay and I first got to know each other uh, while I was working at Wade's Wines, and I'm moving my daughter around. Hold on, I might be able to hear her just a little bit. Yes. Oh, you're okay. Um, when I was living in Southern California, and uh, we became fast friends. Uh, he is a server, and one of the things why I wanted to get him on the podcast because uh, he's the type of server that you want for your table because he is trying to find you the perfect beer. Uh, and I thought, what better question, what better person to ask about what makes beer good than someone that tries to get you a good beer? Um, so, yeah, before we start, please rate and subscribe in Apple or whatever podcast app you use. Uh, it really helps this little podcast out. Uh, also, you can find me on all the social media interwebs at Al the Brewer or I know nothing about beer.com or you just drop me a line on my email, althebrewer at gmail.com. All right, thank you so much for listening. I truly do appreciate each and every one of you that takes the time to listen to this little podcast. Uh, you mean so much to me. Thank you. All right, sit back, pour yourself a beer, and enjoy this little episode of I Know Nothing About Beer. And I think we're there. Jay, how are you hey. doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing real good, you know. I I, I got no complaints. I'm drinking a uh, brewery vindictive. Uh, my mm. wife opened it up. I'm pretty stoked. I'm having a good night. How is that? I I have a I think I might have a bottle or two of that as well that I'm kind of holding off on. It's interesting. I would say if you've got like a friend who's like more beer than or more wine than beer, but wants mm -hmm. to know about beer, open it up because it's got a lot of wine notes. It's like That's it's pretty rad that's what that's what i've heard about it and that's why i'm excited to drink it because as, as much as i love beer wine is also another passion of mine um yeah. so man i am so excited that you are on the podcast this is making me so happy 
Yeah, I'm excited too. This is this is great. Okay, so for so I've known you for more than a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are a man of many traits. Uh, give you you are. Let me get this. I was writing this down a little earlier. Uh, comic book guy. Uh huh. You you are illustrator, if not illustrator, writer of a comic book. Yeah, I write. Mo- I have terrible artistry skills, so I write the stories, and other people will draw them for me. You are bassist of Awesome Band. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a punk band. I mean, Awesome is debatable. I think it's great. I have a great time I- playing music. I, I do enjoy it. And then you are also, you've been working at one of the places that I worked at mm-hmm. called Wade's Wines. Back yes. In, I'm in Texas. You're in California. Correct. Uh, and you've been doing that for a while now. Dude, I think it's been almost six years at this point. It's been crazy. Yeah. Five, it's, it's five or six years that I've been. Well, I'll, I'll have been in, in, I'll have been in Texas four years in January, in February. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? That's crazy. No. I feel like you just left. And and there are times where I look at my daughter, I blink, and I go like, "Yeah, you're two and a half now." What? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So, so yeah. So, anyways, you have been pouring beer there uh, for at least four or five years. Five years. Correct, correct, correct. So, yeah. like originally, like I I got into like craft beer through. Uh, it was, it was like, a I guess he's like a second cousin. Basically I went down to San Diego and I thought I was going to a, uh, bridal party, like, or a bridal shower. And what happens is I show up and the groom who was my cousin, uh, I did my mom and my aunt dropped me off at his house and they were like, okay, you know, have fun with him, whatever. So I go inside and I was like, Hey, so when are we driving over to this like bridal shower? And he was like, wait, you're kidding me. Right. We're not going to the bridal shower. We're doing the guy thing. <laughs> and they took me to Stone Brewing. And this is right. This is the first year that Stone had opened up their Escondido location, like the big one. Yeah. yeah. And it was awesome. I got to go on a brewery tour. I tried crazy beers. And from there, like, I was I was hooked on, on craft beer. It was nuts. Like, I, I honestly, I didn't even, I was 22 before I had my first drink. I, I didn't mm-hmm. drink in high school. I wasn't like a big, you know, wasn't part of my life or anything. I didn't, I didn't care for beer really. Uh, but I was in a band and we were touring and because I was the only one who didn't drink, I ended up driving the van every night. Funny so how that happens. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I, I kind of started drinking so I wouldn't have to drive the tour van. And then like, you know, two years later that uh that that, just gets you stuck in tulsa man <laughs> yeah it was it was like oh it's there's freestyle rapping in the backseat every night it was just it was brutal so i i started kind of drinking i didn't like you know i didn't love anything about i didn't have good wine the first thing i did have to drink was belvedere vodka so like i guess i started high on the spirit side but like as far as like beer i didn't really have a passion for it until that escondido trip mm-hmm. but once that escondido trip happened I was super into it and I was doing those like, you know, I'm I'm from Simi and in, in Simi Valley, which is like just outside of San Fernando Valley, which is just outside of Los Angeles. There was like a little BevMo that would do beer tastings and I was trying to like educate myself as I was as I was mm-hmm. going. And one one night <clears throat> I noticed that uh New Belgium Brewing was hiring for a beer ranger. And so I applied to this position and I had zero experience. I thought I knew about beer. I actually knew nothing. And they freaking interviewed me. 
because and get this i have the same name as the guy who ran their like their warehouses like one of the top guys at new belgium we were both jay richardson so they <laughs> they interviewed me just on my name and i actually did really well uh like i went i went through like it was supposed to be a two interview thing i interviewed with four people i interviewed up to like the top echelon of the company and i didn't realize at the time it's because you know the 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 local dudes really wanted me to work there but i had zero experience i didn't know anything Mm -hmm. about beer like i thought i did but i'd never worked in the industry so i got passed on the job because you know they had two weeks to train me and two weeks was not enough to learn literally everything and they said listen you would have got the job if you had had worked in like even like a bar for a month so the next week i went and i applied to wade's wines which is like the coolest (laughs) place and i got they they put me on trial and they were like you know we're gonna give you a shot uh we'll let you know if we actually want to hire you and now like five or six years later i'm still on trial you're still on trial I, I literally think that's everybody's story at Wade's um, because that that place, uh, and I can't recommend this enough to the people that are listening to this, um, because it is such an awesome place. But my story of getting hired there is kind of is, is similar because I right. went in going, hey, um, I'd love to, to pour for you guys. And uh, Wade, the owner, just kind of took me over and said, all right, we'll talk to this guy about beer. And it was, you know, one of the head pours there. And he, he, we talked about beer for about five minutes. And he said, okay, Wade, what do you want to do? And Wade kind of looked at me and goes, well, talk to that guy about beer. So I talked to everybody about beer in the shop, even some of the wine people. And uh, he goes, all right, we'll come back Thursday and we'll see what happens. And so then I, I, it, I just kept showing up and it just kind of kept going on. He never yeah. told me not to come. So I was like, right. all right, they paid me. Sure. That's great. Yeah. As long as the paychecks keep coming, you think. As the paychecks keep coming, yeah. And honestly, like, you know, when I started, I you were one of the people that taught me. So here's the thing. is I, I started pouring beer thinking I was like, I know what's up. I know the difference between an IPA and a wheat beer. You know, I, I was about to take my, was it Cicerone? Is it Cicerone for yeah, the beer? Yeah, it's called Cicerone was, program. So that week, I was actually looking into taking the test in order mm. to get the job. But then I got hired before I took and the test. And you got the job, and you're like, well, screw that. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, probably would not have passed the test. Because now looking back, <laughs> it was like, there's a lot of crazy info that you need to know. And, you know, working with you and, like, we worked with an, another buddy of ours, Ryan, who is, yeah. like, now one of the brewers at Institution, which is, like, one of my favorite, you know, SoCal breweries. Yeah. Learning from you guys, I mean, like, Man, I thought I knew what was going on with beer. I thought it was like this, like, oh, I I know that you want to drink IPAs in a glass because you have to get the aroma. I had no idea, like, (laughs) the different kinds of saisons and, like, what the difference between, like, like, a double and a quad and, like, the different hops from different regions. I mean, it was incredible the amount of stuff that I learned working there. For like, I mean, just in the first two years, it it blew my mind. Just trying new beers every single weekend, just it educated me, you know. And and that's really how I felt about the staff there because the staff is so knowledgeable. Um, not that I came in knowing everything about beer at all, and I see and that's what I, I and see I didn't know that you didn't know anything about beer. So I was listening to you going, okay, cool, yeah, 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 that sounds, that makes sense too, blah, blah, blah. And then I would listen to Ryan and go, oh, yeah, yeah, well, he, he's a brewer. He knows what he's doing. Um, I, I, I came into just trying to soak up everything uh, as much as I could 
Um, because for me, it was just a, a job that I was just happy to have because it was working in beer. Well, okay, here's the thing. I don't even call it a job anymore because I've been there. I mean, I've had, I have a day job. I do real grown-up stuff, mm -hmm. and, but I still work at Wade's every weekend, and I don't call it a job. I call it my lucrative hobby because that is a I, good way to put it right i, I mean yeah. i would i would be there anyways i'd be trying these new beers anyways just this yeah. way like they pay me to do it well, and it's less creepy for me to talk to all the people at the bar well and and did i ever tell you like why i even started to apply there i don't think so so my wife and i had been married all of three months okay and my wife and i we we are one of those couples that like, we are just, we are different. We have different energy levels. Okay. To me, Friday night, I'm ready to go out. Like right. a, a, an awesome Friday to me is I go out to a brewery that I love and then go to a new place and have a new beer. Like that's my, that's like my ideal Friday night. I talk yeah. to people, hang out, you know, catch a show would be a cherry on top. Kelly, my wife's idea of a Friday night, and this is like her favorite Friday night ever is to put on pajamas, watch Netflix and then go directly to bed as early as possible. <laughs> Both have so benefits. We were, so we were, <laughs> we were, we were married all of three months and she looks at me and she goes, you need a second job. You have too much <laughs> energy. Go do something else. <laughs> and so that literally, I think next week after that, I walked into Wade's to apply. And then that's where I started up. Yeah. It's really, I mean, Wade's is like a, it's a magical place. I mean, it's it got, it's, it's a weird place for sure. I mean, for, I mean, we, I, I'm sure you've talked about it in like some of the other episodes, but like, here's the thing. It's literally, it's, it's a beer and wine shop nestled in the back of an industrial center that you only would know about if you saw the trucks, which they don't use. They don't actually use anymore. No, that's the ways wines. You see them from the freeway. And you know, my first time going there, I had heard about it. It's like one of those places, like when you're like a craft beer guy in like the greater LA area, you're told like Green Jug and Wade's Wines are the two places you find the secret stuff. And so I went to Wade's Wines trying to find an IPA for a brewer friend of mine. And I went in there and like I 20 minutes of driving around that parking lot before I was like, F it, I'm giving up. And I turned left, <laughs> I saw the truck. Because I'm looking for neon signs. I'm looking for well, like you, a liquor you store. Expect, you expect like some big, so, something else beyond a side of a, of a moving truck that does not work anywhere. That has a cobwebs <laughs> all over it to say like, this is where you're going to find good beer. Wade's Wines. Well, you so. know, not, not even good beer. It's like great wine and crazy whiskey. Like this now just sounds oh, yeah. like, a, like a Wade's yeah. ad, but like. We we just love it because it's it's such a like a unique place. It's super fun. I met so many friends just being there, just like in that beer mm -hmm. community. It's incredible, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, no, totally. Um. So that's a little bit about your background in craft beer, how you got in craft beer. What's what keeps you in craft beer? I know you said it's the uh, the lucrative hobby, but what's something that still keeps you into and keeps you wanting to pursue craft beer? Not, you know, not even just profession-wise, but just, like, in your own life. You know, it's it's crazy. Like, I love – I'm, like I, – I consider – like, I'm, I'm one of those people who likes to, like, share and entertain other people. Mm -hmm. Like, I like having a good time with other people. And one of the coolest things about craft beer is, like, you know, with, with wine, there's pretty much, like, it's one kind of flavor, but then there's just different subtleties. You got to like wine. Mm. 
in order to get into wine. You know, there's white you and there's do. red, and then there's subtleties that you get in there. And like once you like get into those subtleties, you can zero in on like what your passion is, like what you really like between like cabs and zins and pinots. But at the at the base factor, you kind of have to like wine on the whole. Whereas like beer, I mean, an IPA could not be any more different than a sour beer or a stout yes. lager. Yes. For, for me, it's like this crazy, it's this crazy thing. Like when I was a kid, I used to always drink these different sodas, hoping for like a different experience, you know, but generally a lot of them tasted the same. Getting into beer, it's this cool thing where like, you know, there's so many different flavors that you get to explore and like mm -hmm. you know it like every you know from brewery to brewery from beer to beer like it's an entirely new experience you know yeah it's not just going from burger king to mcdonald's it's like going from like you know mastro's steakhouse to like a del taco you know like both have their <laughs> both are excellent in their own ways but they're so completely different it's really fun and and what i like about it is you know, being able to share with people this experience because there's nothing cooler than like seeing somebody kind of like fall into the craft beer realm and get very excited about it. Cause that's what happened. Yeah. Once you like yeah. start trying, like it's that, it's that one person who's like suddenly like, man, turns out I do like IPAs. You know, they try that one mm -hmm. and they get through like, you know, they go through that then they try sours and like, by the end of it, you take a person whose worldview was like, yeah, I'm a I'm a Coors guy because Bud Light sucks, you know? Like, you take that person, <laughs> and suddenly they're like, well, you know, hazy IPAs have a much better floral property, and I'm really drawn to those, <laughs> yeah, as well as coffee stouts. It's, like, it's really cool for to see somebody get excited about it. And, like, honestly, yeah. it's that experience, like, sharing with other people that keeps mm. me excited and involved with beer. You know, for for as much as as customers, I know they bring in the business. The reason why you're you're working, mm -hmm. um, for as much as the the customers, the I'll say the ratio of times I did not enjoy customers versus times I enjoyed customers. Uh, the times I enjoyed customers far outweigh the times I did not enjoy, um, because of those moments where you got to show someone, oh, here's this brand new. This and this, you've got to try it. I know, I know you you not you don't say that you're a fan of. Give, let me give you a sip, and then you watch and say, "Go, okay, no, no, I need a pint of that." Yeah, I, I love those moments. It's not because I convinced them, but because I showed them something new, and now they're excited about it. Right, right. right. I mean, I've got, yeah. I've got like this one uh, man. There's this one customer, and he's got like, I mean, he's he's such an interesting dude, like. He, I think he's, he's like somewhere on like the autism spectrum where like, you know, like he's super cool, super awesome, but he can draw the London underground from memory on a napkin. I think I know who you're talking about. I'm sure you do. He's like literally one of my favorite people. Also, if you tell him your birthday, he will tell you the number one song that was in that week. He, it's, it's insane. You know? And like, here's the thing. With beer, like one of his passions is IPAs. And mm -hmm. I mean, this is going on like five years now since like we like originally met. Like he's like he's like one of those things like we're like him and I like on any other like level, like we probably mm -hmm. would have passed each other by as humans, you know, without like a lot in common. But like the fact that like we both had this kind of like interlinking, 
you know, interest in IPAs, we suddenly became friends. We're like two very different people, but like it is, we are like, I would consider us friends, even though like we only know each other through beer. I feel super cool because man, we're going on five years and he has dug every one of my IPA suggestions. And it's like every time he'll come in, he'll be like, Hey man, you did it again. You knocked it out of the park. These are like my favorites. And it's to the (laughs) point where like, Man, I've met his parents. I've met his friends. Like we, like yeah. you know, like we we become buddies based on you know just because we happen to like it's we have to we have a similar palate in in like you know beer and it's great because like you know otherwise we probably would have just never met. We would never cross paths. But like a sweet style of beer totally got us into each other. You know, we're friends because of it. And yeah. like I totally value that. Yeah, that's awesome. That really is. I think I know who you were talking about because I remember something about the underground and mm-hmm. him like like drawing it on napkins mm-hmm. and me just going like, boom, man, you do you. That is, I, I totally get that and you have fun, man. He's um, now, he's working on his doctorate now, I think, and he literally is doing, he's doing city planning for like metros and stuff. So he put his talent to work. Uh, that's good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Fun little question for you. So the, 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 the title of this episode is uh, pretty much about um, what makes uh, a beer good, or what makes a, a good beer, I should say. Um, so, uh, as, as you have enjoyed many a fine beer, and many mm-hmm. a not so fine beer, and many just many beers, um, what do you think makes a good beer? You know, like it's funny because, like, I feel like my answer is probably not the most like conventional because. You know, like on the surface, you're gonna say like a good beer is a beer with good ingredients that hit the it, it it hit the mark on what they were going for. Like, oh yeah, this place made a good red, or this place made like a really good lager, or like, hey, this is an IPA that people from the West Coast like. Or you know, there's like it's very easy to like define what makes a good beer is a beer that like you know reaches those qualifications. But like personally, mm-hmm. I've I've had bad beers in really cool places and that like just that experience where i was made that bad beer a pretty good beer you know so like Mm. personally what what i feel that the experience that kind of revolves around that beer i think part of like what the enjoyment comes from your environment you know like i am Mm. like a very strong supporter and this is working as like someone who like pours beers I do this for a living like i try and give a good experience to people because like there's times where like and i'm you know, if you've drank long enough, you will run into, especially like wine people, you try this like specific wine at this gorgeous winery that you're, this is the second winery that you're visiting with your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other. And, you know, it's like you try that Pinot and like, gosh darn it, it's the best Pinot you've ever had in your life. There's like flowers blooming to your left. There's people laughing to your right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you know what? Give me a bottle of that. I'll take it. This is the best Pinot I've ever had in my life. You open it like seven months later because you don't have any other bottles. You know, you're going through a hard day at work and like it's raining outside. And you're just like, I just need something to drink. And you pour that Pinot and it's not quite the same. It's mm. because it's like the environment that you're in. But you know what? That Pinot, you trying that and you drinking it on that night where it's like the weather's crappy. Your day was terrible. Hopefully that flavor takes you back to that experience when you first tried it. And you kind of have that like nostalgia factor behind it. Like mm. personally, I feel like, you know, every beer that you're drinking, you're kind of like, you're kind of 
judging it against the first time you had that kind of flavor and like where it takes you in life, which is mm. like personally why I think so many people are like pro IPA and so anti loggers after so, so long, because like, I mean, a lot of people's first loggers are like a, whatever, like a high school college party where like you probably mm. had too many and it didn't go well. Yeah. However, you yeah. like your, your first IPA was when you're like, you know what, I'm going to try this. And you happen to be at like a really cool brewery or you were at a place where like the experience was part of the process of trying it. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what ties people into it. You know, I think, I think honestly the experience based around what you're trying it, is like such like a huge factor in how much you like whatever mm -hmm. like beer or brewery that you're at. Like, I, I think it's crazy. That's why like you can try beers from, from places and you're going to you, like, you know, you're an outside, you're an outside partner. You're trying a bottled beer from a brewery, from a town that you've never been to. And you drink it alongside a bunch of other beers and you're like, yeah, this is uh, not that great. But enough people think that beer that you think is not that great, enough people drink that beer and visit that brewery to keep that brewery in business. You know, and it's mm. because those people are tying that beer to like that experience. It's their hometown brewery. There's like mm -hmm. a certain amount of love that you put towards it. You know, like there's a, there's any number of people have told me like their favorite brewery is a certain brewery that just happens to be right next to where they live right right down the street exactly yeah. exactly so i feel like you know the un the like the really like you know the 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 factor that people don't really like consider nearly as much as they should is like honestly the environment in which you're trying that beer you know like uh i mean black tuesday from the brewery that's like mm -hmm. a that's a beer that's like so intense it's almost yep. like too much to drink you know but so, like, so let, let, let me pause you right there, mm -hmm. just for anybody that doesn't know, because I'm trying to like anything oh, that yeah. I think where someone might go, wait, 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 what, what? Uh, Black Tuesday, and I'm talking 2018, that was the last release, came out at 19.98%. Huge stout, so good. But continue. Yes. Boy, boy howdy, I think one of them clocked in at over 20%. Uh, was, I believe so. I believe it was, it was uh, prior it was, to 2016. I think. Well, I think it might have been 2017. I'm not was it sure. 2017. All okay. I know is that was the year that my wife and I, while we were still dating, we the brewery puts a party called Black Tuesday where they like yes. serve. They serve that been. beer. Oh my god! Yes. They serve that beer and only that beer. Like maybe like one two of other the like worst hangovers classes. of my life. Oh yes. my god. It's 24 to 26 variants of a beer that ranges from 16 to like 20% alcohol. It's if, insane. If, if you are diabetic, please do not do this. Oh, you will die. Oh, it's insane. But I mean, uh, they, got like, they got like the Elvis, which is like peanut butter or banana. They got all kinds of different variants. You gotta I try had, them. I, I had one that was, that was uh, aged on pistachio, which was amazing. Um, there was one that tasted like a chocolate. It's chocolate sundae. You could have served me a, 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 a chocolate sundae shake and this, and I would have been like, you just added a chocolate shake with chocolate sundae shake with alcohol. It right. was so good. But yes. But okay. My point being is that Please. like that beer is so intense that like, if you give it to anybody who's like, just getting into beer it's just like a hey try this you know they're like yeah maybe i've had guinness it is so off-putting it's it's undrinkable you know it's like so high in alcohol it's crazy 
However, I do feel that like, you know, the first time that I had tried it, it might have even been like one of yours that it was like, you know, I was just getting into beer. I was learning about all these different stouts. And it was one of those, hey, let me share with you one of my special beers mm. from my collection that you cannot buy. I, I think I remember that because I brought in uh, a Black Tuesday and a, a Gray Monday one night. Uh, yes, because I remember, I remember that uh, Ryan um, had brought one of the other guys at Wade's, now the brewer at, at uh, Institution. Uh, I remember he had brought in some fun beers. And I was like, oh, I guess I could bring in some beers. So let me bring in something fun. And uh, I remember we just kind of shared those beers, us and the staff, at the end of the night. It was like, oh, yeah, these are really fun. Yeah. But here's the thing. is like that was enough, like that experience of like, oh, my God, my friends are sharing this great beer with me. Like it part of like the experience was like I almost remember like the fun aspect of trying that beer over the actual like tasting of the beer. Because like I now I, you know, I, I. At that point, I had locked that beer into like, this is a beer that I try among friends, that people I respect, people that really like beer. They like this beer. I enjoyed it. Like, oh my God, I want to try more, you know? So I probably like dug it, but I didn't love it. And it wasn't until like I went to these Black Friday part or the Black Tuesday parties with my wife that like we would go to these parties. We would have just a blast. We'd spend the night in Anaheim. We'd walk over our hangovers at Disneyland that it like, it honestly, it's one of these oh. beers that just became one of my favorites just because of the experiences around it. Now, I'm, I'm shaking my head just because I can't help but think of a hangover at Disneyland, which is just, just that would just be bad for me. Oh. I mean, oh, it's incredible. It's a small world with a hangover, man. That does not sound joyful. That's, that's one of the, <laughs> that's actually one of the rides we do ride. <laughs> Oh, you you keep it to the train and it's a small world. You avoid the roller coasters and you eat like two churros and you're fine. It's like two uh, churros and you're fine. Just stay away from like uh, any of the mountain rides, like you know, like a space mountain. You just avoid those and you're totally good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, now I I know you pour and I know you're you you still still do weights and whatnot. Um, but I still see any, anybody that works in craft beer, especially at someone that's been in craft beer for more than uh, a year or so, someone that's been now served, they've done a full season. Um, I feel like they, they, they get a, a little bit of a handle on craft beer, especially someone that's been in five plus years now. Um, you've got an idea of craft beer, not say that, you know, um, uh, not to say that uh, expert ready to publish books on subject. But if you were to start, if you were to take someone that says, hey, would love to get to know more about craft beer or would love to know about how to get into craft beer, um, what would be the advice that you would give them? You know, honestly, like I said, it goes back to that that experience. I think you need to find an environment that will help you. Like you want to find either that bar or that brewery where when you sit down and you're having trouble, the guy to your right will be like, hey, let me suggest this. Like, you know, you want to be in that environment that people will be helpful. Like, one of the coolest things about my job is that I feel we get, or, you know, when you were there, we would get people who are like, listen, I don't know anything about beer. Like, yep. I, I just kind of want to try it. And one of the, the first question I ask is like, well, what do you like? What do you enjoy? You know, and we would take from there, we would we would build on what they liked. We would find that specific beer and we would work and it would be kind of, 
it would become this like enjoyable game. Like, oh, we tried this. I didn't like it, but I tried this and I like it. Oh my God, I found this crazy beer that's a sour. I didn't even know I like sours. You mm. know, it's one of those things where like, you've got to create an experience. You've got to, you know, get into a spot where like, you're sharing this with other people. You know, that's why like, mm. man, like our country was like founded in bars and taverns. There's something <laughs> about, there's something about like, you know, a community around, you know, drinking beers. It's that just kind of like, it's, it's invigorating. And I feel like yeah. if you, if you want to get into beer, if you truly want to get hooked, you've got to find other like-minded individuals, whether like it means you becoming a regular at your local, you know, bar, hopefully craft beer bar or the local mm -hmm. brewery. Like you just got to go in, you got to get hooked and you got to talk to people and you make friends and those people are going to share with you experiences that you haven't had. Those are the people that are going to bring you your Black Tuesdays. Or those are the people that are going to be like, listen, have you ever tried like a, like a rye IPA? Because like, check this out. There's this like Jewish brewery, like Schmaltz, that does like this crazy rye IPA. Like, I know you don't like IPAs, but try this IPA. You know, it's like, it's one of those things mm -hmm. where like, you know, it's like getting into music when you're like a teenager. You find yeah. people who have the similar taste, yeah. who are experiencing things that you aren't exposed to and that's you've got to open yourself up to exposure well and i think so having known california 10 years ago 10 12 years ago now in craft beer and being now in texas um i see texas as being right now between you you could say a grace period between five and ten years behind california um you know where california's beer scene you have literally published mag newspapers that are handed out at beers and bars mm -hmm. going hey please read this about the craft beer scene here there are still here in texas like articles will appear in the news and you're like oh they did something about craft beer wow you know and that <laughs> it, it, it and i can read a beer paper beer paper la um any point in time i want to um but i i love that idea of finding the uh i i think Part of this is now that uh, craft beer and craft beer craft beer breweries, microbreweries, are so prevalent. Um, I mean, here we've had from the time I moved here to today, I think we've had over 40 breweries open. Oh man! Um, I've got now one 13-minute drive down the street, and I, I love that because that is what fosters. It's those types of things where you have a local place to drink. Mm -hmm. uh, where you can, uh, if you don't know anything about craft beer, you can definitely find someone willing to help you out, guide you through. Uh, whether it be the and, and a good place will have have people behind the bar that are happy to help you out, guide. Because mm -hmm. um, I've been to places where I've asked questions and it's been, oh, man, do I, I? Yeah, sure, it's that beer, that's good. And <laughs> just kind of get the idea of like, look, man, I don't mean to bug you, but. I just want to know a little more. Like, I just want yeah. to ask, like, what, what what do you prefer? Do you prefer this one or this one? Because I like these. Do you, do you, you know, I don't mean to bug you about it, but that, it's when you get to a place where they're, like, excited to help you out, take the next right. step and go, oh, if you like that, you need to try this. Or, oh, have you never had this? Let me tell you about this one. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's also very important that, like, people don't feel judged. There's, like, this weird... Yeah. There's this weird thing like where like, you know, people see like beer nerds and like, you know, you they, they get this like weird little like thing where it's like, oh, you drink lagers? Are you like Bud Light? 
people are embarrassed <laughs> to say like when I go up and I'm like, you know, they're just starting to drink. It's like, well, what do you drink? They're like, oh, you know, I like all kinds of beer. That's code for like, well, I like Modelo, I like Corona, and I like Coors Light, you know? But there, people are like too embarrassed to, to say, but it's like, you shouldn't be embarrassed, you know? Like, I'll have a Miller High Life. I, you know, I probably have a Miller High Life every week because, you know, it's that's the beer I drink when I'm at band practice, you know? That's what we do. And like, there shouldn't be any kind of like weird judgment just because it's not a craft brewery doesn't mean it's bad, you know? And I think yeah. like, I think like it's it's very important that like you, people can be approached and like eased into it because it's like you know you get when you're getting into music like sure like everyone's first band could have been Limp Bizkit you know like looking back is <laughs> kind of embarrassing oh, but you know dude. what it opened it up no no see I, I say that's one of those things where you just you you if that's your jam you'd be proud of it exactly I exactly. I. I I was as a teenager full into the Christian ska scene. No, uh, judge me all you want. My first uh, uh, my first real my first concert was uh, DC Talk and Newsboys and Audio Adrenaline, which you may not know at all. No. I don't care. That was my first concert. There are people that might be listening to this going like, "Oh dear Lord, I'm so sorry, kid." You know, <laughs> but uh, I, I I I say that as like, look, that's where I started. And I, I, I don't regret that, but I'm glad that I've learned that there's much more from that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Christian ska is probably akin to like Irish Reds, you know? Like I think a lot of people can appreciate. It. Like trust me, I had I had my fair share of like supertones when I was getting into it, you know? So like I get it, and it's like one of those things where like there's still those dudes who are like. Irish Reds are my jam. That's what I do. They're my jam. I get exactly. it. And they're still winning GABF awards. But it's like, you know, on the greater whole, like most people are going to be like, yeah, I'm more into the, like, the Justin Bieber of hazy IPAs. You know, like, it's just like, <laughs> whatever Ooh, you, you like. you just compared like, Justin Bieber to hazy IPAs. <laughs> I did, and that was, that was wholly on purpose because I feel like, you know, they might be a flash in the pan. But that's just me. That's just me. That's just you. Okay. All right. Um, so if you – I, I want to I put this this way. What do you think are some of the uh, uh, deadly sins and uh, the best blessings that someone can do when coming to a, a craft beer bar? Oh, man, like deadly sin, like coming in with like thinking, A, you know everything – and that what other people like means that you should like it. You know, there's like the the people, like the Pliny heads who are like, I will only like Pliny as the only IPA slash beer that I will ever like in my life. And they close <laughs> themselves off to so many different beers, you know? You got to come in with like an open mind, you know? Like there's something that you like in your favorite beer that you think is your favorite beer might mm -hmm. be like a six and you're still like, you're you can find that 10, but you got to open yourself up to it. Like, I think the biggest sin is coming in thinking, like, A, that you know everything. B, that, like, you know, what you know is right and that all the other beers, like, you know, suck compared to what you know. Mm. And, and, and C, like, you really, like, there's no shame. There's no shame in liking what you like. I feel like that's, mm -hmm. like, the biggest thing. I mean, as far as, like, the, the, the biggest takeaway is, like, you really just got to be open to trying new things. And if mm. you're not, if you're not into trying new things and exploring and trying a bunch of different styles, like maybe like beer is not for you. Maybe craft beer is not for you. You know, mm. you stick to what you know, you enjoy it, 
love it, live it. You know, that's totally fine. That's totally cool. Like, I 100%, I 100% will respect that. But I think, like, you kind of got to put yourself in a position where you're you're open to trying things that, like, could taste like, you know, a flavor description of horse blanket. You know? You got to be open to it. You got to try it. You got to jump in there. Dude, dude, Orval, that's my jam. Um, and let, let me just take a, a, a quick little step back to uh, to Pliny. Um, I don't know if you know this. That was my very first IPA. Nice. That's a good IPA. I to first had, no, had no idea what it was. Just someone just popped it on the table, said, here you go. Give this a shot. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like. I think I like this. What is this? And they're like, oh, it's an IPA. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I had um, Oscar Blues uh, Old Gub, Gubna. And I was like, why am I drinking a pine cone? I don't think I like IPAs. <laughs> it, it's really funny because, like, my first – I have a first beer story with Pliny because I went up to San Francisco. We mm-hmm. hit up all these different places to find Pliny because I was told if you love IPAs, you needed to try Pliny. And this is what I'm drinking mainly like the big, like, you know, like the big six breweries, you know, like it's like a lot of stone, it's Firestone, it's Sierra Nevada, it's New Belgium. It's like those breweries. And so everyone yeah. told me like, seek out Pliny. So I finally find I left San Francisco on a Monday and there was one craft beer liquor store that was open and all the other ones were closed for some reason. Cause it was Monday. So I go in, I ask about Pliny and they're like, we don't have Pliny, but we have this other beer. And I was like, great. They're like, it's the same brewery. I was like, great. I'll try it. I love it. I buy it. A it's the most expensive IPI I ever purchased at like 16 bucks and B it's got a cork in it. So I'm like, well, whatever. So I, take this IPA and you can't see, but I'm doing finger quotes. I take it home. I put it in the fridge. And about a week later, I I crack open this. It's not Pliny, but it's a beer from the same brewery. And I pour it and it doesn't look nearly as clear. It's got this like red amber color, right? And I pour it and I take a sniff. It doesn't smell like an IPA that I'm used to, but you know what? Everyone says this brewery makes great IPAs. And I sip this beer and oh my, my jaw locked. It was so sour. And Tell me it was consecration. Immediately, my brain was like, this beer has gone bad. And I look at this bottle, and just to the top right of consecration, it says sour ale. And I was like, oh, wait, it's supposed to taste like that? Okay, I guess it's not that bad. And that was the first sour beer I'd ever had. Going into it thinking it's an IPA. You know, my first sour was actually um, Temptation. The the one with the, uh, the sickle on it. Um, and, um, I remember telling my buddies about, it. I'm like, it tastes like someone took rotten pineapple juice and threw a shot of vodka in it. And, <laughs> and it took me so long to like, really, cause I mean, this, my buddy, like he sought it out. He like yeah. went and found it, brought it back. And we all tried it. We're all like, is this supposed to be good? Cause we had no idea right, about right. How, what, 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 what a good beer it could be, but Especially the sours, like uh, um, I don't know if you told me there's someone else told me it takes about five sours before you really get them. Yeah. Um, you gotta like sit through five, and then yeah. once you get through about your sixth or seventh, you're like, I think I get it now. If you're on seven, eight, nine, ten, you don't get them. Don't worry about it. Stay but, in it. You're fine. Go to go yeah. to like chocolate stouts or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but um, now like I I can't wait. Like I think I've got a um. I think I've got a, a supplication sitting around that I'm like, nice. okay, I'll be opening up that pretty soon. Yeah. 
it's so funny. Like uh, just this past Christmas, I went over to my parents' house to hide some presents, and I opened up a chest that, like, apparently at some point when I was moving between houses, I had moved all my beer to my parents' house, and I filled this trunk with beer. And when we moved, like, we stayed, my wife and I lived with my parents for, like, a month before we moved into our current place. And in my mm-hmm. brain, I took all my beer with me. I totally overlooked this trunk. So when I went to hide a present, I found this, like, crazy treasure trove of, like, sours I, and stouts. It was incredible. I, I saw that picture, and I was just like, okay. Let me know where if you want to trade for that one. Let me know if you, you feel like doing some beer mail. I don't know if you've already drank all of them or not, but I was looking at those going like, I remember those beers. Yes. The ones in the photo, I've drank half of them. The other half, literally, as soon as I posted that to Instagram, I got met with messages of people saying, promise me you'll save that until we can drink it together. So I've got like, <laughs> it, there's a couple of crazy ones that are, that are in there. But here's the, the nuts part is that that was like, seven beers of roughly the 25 that are in the trunk i've got like 15 firestones that range back to like the like the first year they did um parabola it's crazy like i just oh. completely forgot about these yeah oh that's oh and i'm such I, i'm i'm such a firestone guy i i just any of those beers i'm just like i will i will seek out love them you know i've well, got my own little box my box of firestone because it's one of the few breweries that my wife really loves, says no shares on it. <laughs> because it's, it's one of the few things where my wife looks at me and goes, are you, are you taking Firestone to that share? No, babe, I'm not. Okay, okay, good. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mark one for you. So next time you're here or the next ooh, time I go to Texas, it'll be a special please. one. I got I, it up. I got them on little post-it notes for who they got to be shared with. <laughs> okay, um, I got I got two more things for you. Uh-huh. Um, this is kind of a broad question, but um, it's kind of what I, I want to start this podcast off. This is going to be one of the first episodes. Um, I've talked about what what do you think is a, a good beer, but what do you think makes beer good? Just the 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 overall the beverage beer what makes beer good because i think there's something special about beer um and this is something i'm asking a lot of my guests but what makes beer good to you so initially my first like gut reaction is going to say like passion like someone who's making the beer who's passionate about it that will make a good beer but then immediately i think of to all the home brews that i've had where they were there was a lot of passion but they did not come out that great I think, honestly, what it comes down to is, like, I mean, it will vary, but I think it's it's finding for you specifically, like, a brewery or a brewer that kind of matches the same palette that you have. Because I feel, personally, like, there's some, like, you know, like, palette soulmates that you can, that you can connect mm-hmm. with. And if you find a brewery with that, like, palette soulmate, like, there's a good chance that every beer that that person makes, if it's good to them, it's going to be good to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, and, and that's the thing is like, you could say like, Oh, fresh ingredients, the right hops, like all of that stuff is what makes a good beer. But like mm-hmm. what a good beer is to me is uh, completely different than what like a good beer is to somebody in like the Midwest, like Surly, there's a brewery called Surly, right? Their number mm-hmm. one beer is like a hoppy Amber, you know, it's like a multi IPA. And for me, 
Multi IPAs are like the lower rung of IPAs that I like. But there are so many people out there where like, if you ask them like, what's your favorite beer? And they're like, oh, you know, Surly Furious. That's like, that's the jam. That's my jam. That's the beer I want. You mm-hmm. give them a beer from like, I don't know, anywhere like a Modern Times or an institution or like a Pliny. And they're like, man, this beer is like way too like, it's, it's like, uh, it's like, it smells like marijuana and it tastes like a pine tree. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's too yeah. much for people. It's like lacking that sweetness. So I feel like, honestly, like what makes a good beer is finding a beer that's made correctly that's made with like you know it doesn't have any of those like off flavors that like you tend to get from crappy breweries and from and home breweries you find a beer that's like made well that's made with a lot of care and a lot of passion but also a beer that kind of matches that aligns with your palate well i I, more so what makes what makes the beverage beer good man the fact that it's like literally the thing that started like civilization, maybe that, you know, <laughs> like let, let's be honest, like the first recipe for beer totally predates any recipe for bread. Like if it wasn't for beer, if it was not for beer, we would never have started agriculture, which would never have started like us as like a civilization gathering together to like grow stuff. Like beer, <laughs> literally, we have everything that you have right now, the computer in front of us, we honestly... It all goes back to beer. It goes back to this magical elixir that, like, has the ability to be, you know, that has, like, this crazy spectrum of flavors that can appeal mm-hmm. to everybody. It, you know, it tickles your fancy. It, it gives you that kind of, like, fun experience of drinking with other people. It brings people together. And, you know, like, it's got also got, like, that little added effect of being, like, yeah, it's a nice little uh, relaxing beer I just had. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like it's like that that little icing. Like for me, like like a a little bit of a buzz is the icing on the cake for beer. Like I don't drink mm. beer to to get drunk. That is like I am terrible with hangovers, so that is like my last. That is not what I want. No. But like the yep. flavor, I mean, just the the like the experience, the flavor, everything about it is just what's so awesome. You know, like yeah. outside yeah. of like you know you know pretty much England, nobody like. Nobody gets excited about sharing like their new tea with other friends, you know. There's something about beer that like brings people together. It gets you stoked, and that's it what really I think is. is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so something else I'm doing with uh, a lot of my guests is uh, this little rapid fire questions. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a sentence, mm-hmm. and I'm going to change the last word of the sentence, and, okay. and then you respond to that sentence. Okay. Uh, with whatever comes to your mind first. Okay. Okay, so uh, so the first one, uh, just again, whatever comes to your mind first. It seems like everyone is drinking. Oof, hazy IPAs. It seems like everyone is making. <sighs> Probably hazy IPAs. <laughs> it seems like everybody is wanting. Old school West Coast IPAs, to be totally honest. To see, uh, it seems like everyone is hating. Sours recently. Everyone's turned on them. It's weird. Oh, man. It seems like everyone is loving. Honestly, I think everyone's back to loggers, which is a weird thing. Um, and everybody is missing out on. Honestly, stouts. I feel like stouts always get like the back the, the backseat, man. 
Like stouts are like always there. They're like your friend that you've known since like fifth grade that you like you take, <laughs> you know, you, you like you take for granted. Like it's always there. It's always great. And like mm-hmm. you know, sure, like it's not crazy and exciting. And like you know, people aren't blogging about like I don't know narwhal or whatever. But like a basic stout <laughs> can be so good without having to spend an extra like four bucks a can to barrel age it. You know, yeah, then people are missing out on like just like real good classic stouts and to be like to kind of like you know push that even further Mm -hmm. classic stouts done by breweries that are doing large scale like again i think you know stone makes a really good stout uh oscar blues makes an incredible stout narwhal is an incredible stout by sierra nevada like people just kind of blow over these beers but they're so good they really are man i i still for all of these people that are loving the the new and the, the the fun and the bold, and I and I get that um, because that's what the the beers that now I look back on and near nostalgia were to me. Mm-hmm. I still think if you can get a fresh Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. man, so good. That's oh. If you can get it fresh, I, I mean, a, seriously, a fresh Sierra Nevada, amazing. No one no one really cares for it anymore, but I don't care. Give me that. I don't care yeah. about the 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 brand new schmoo thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you could guarantee me like a six pack of of those little stout bottles, mm-hmm. I will be in heaven. So okay, good. Here's what here's one beer that I feel like. Okay, so I went to my band played a show at this like crazy little cafe that only had a beer license, that only had bottled beer, and like not the greatest selection. But I ordered a beer that I have not had. In maybe like five, six years. It's a beer that I have not had in forever. And I drank it. And by golly, it was incredible. It was one of the Anchor Steam, like California Steam beers. Like they're regular. Dude, that is my Desert Island beer. Oh, it's incredible. I totally forgot. I love that beer. It's so good. It's so good. I made everyone on the table try it. That that is, there's no shame to me. I love that beer. It is my desert island beer. Um, it's hard for me to find it not four months old here in Texas. I, you know what's weird is I feel like it's four months anywhere you get it. I, I like outside of San Francisco, I don't think I've ever seen a fresh one. To be totally honest, like there's a good chance I'll try a fresh one and be like, this is weird because I've only had them old, you know. <laughs> No, but that is that is seriously my Desert Island beer. I, I love that beer to death. It is malty, hoppy. It's got the bitter, but it's also refreshing. No, I love it. No. It's, it's weird to me. Like, when I would see Sam Adams commercials about, like, the Boston lager, mm-hmm. I would picture a certain beer in my in my brain, and then when I would drink the actual Boston lager, I'm like, this is not what I expected. But that, like, Anchor Steam, like, that is what That's, I picture. Like, that all-around, yep. like, everyone would love this beer. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for doing this, Jay. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate our friendship. Um, anytime I, I, I get out to California, one of my goals is to see how I can get to Wade's. There, <laughs> there are times where I'm like, it is going to be physically impossible for me to get to Wade's, but I might be able to, if I can swing this way to like stop in and like at least pick up a bottle and maybe say hi to people. I think I've done that a couple times now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I, I, I'm so happy you were able to do this. Um, Mike is yours, uh, shameless plugs all the way. Have fun. Oh man. Uh, there's, I mean, if you're listening and you're from Southern California, make a trek out to Wade's wines. It's in Calabasas. 
it's kind of it's just outside of LA, but like come in on a Friday or Saturday and just like hang out, say hi, try a bunch of beers. That's like mm. that's really what I want. Personally, I mean, whatever. I do a whole bunch of stuff. If you like uh if you like loud music with a lot of keyboards, my band is uh Danger Friends. But uh that's about it, you know? I just I just wanna like hang out with new people. So come to California. Let's uh hang out at Waves, let's drink some beers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have uh, any uh Twitter, Instagram or anything like that you'd want people to know about? Oh yeah, follow me on uh follow me in the old Instagram. I'm J Danger, J A Y D A N G E R. Yeah. Nice. I, I don't I don't share too many beer posts unless they're like real impressive. But uh, you know, you can see lots of photos of my dog and my wife. You know, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Well man, thank you so very much. And um you. you're gonna see what we're gonna pause this for a little bit and then uh yeah, man, I really appreciate you. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm awesome. I this was a blast. I love talking about beer, man. Yep. All right, bye buddy. See ya.